two, one. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Active. Revive Active are a super supplement company that offer tailored nutrition for all age groups. Zest Active and Joint Complex are the ideal companion as the GA season resumes for all adults. You can get 10% of all products on reviveactive.com using the code BACKDOORGA10. Delighted to be joined by former Cork uh, senior footballer Paddy San and former Mead senior footballer Joe Sheridan to look ahead uh, to round one of the Allianz Football Leagues across the four divisions. Um, the first game up on Saturday, the 15th of May, is Galway versus Kerry. And a lot of unknowns going into this game. But Joe, to come to you first from a Galway perspective, um, seven players from last year's panel leaving the Galway panel, which include Ian Burke, Adrian Verley, Fintan O'Kiron, John Mayer, Jason Leonard, and Gary Sice and Gareth Bradshaw leaving as well. Yeah, it doesn't look good now, to be fair. <laughs> you know, I know some lads would have pulled away to maybe retire and, and different things like that and maybe injuries, but, you know, I'm sure there's a couple of lads that maybe have maybe clashed maybe with Pork Choice. I'm not too sure, but there's, there's usually a reason for some of them going. Um, which can't be good for morale, to be honest. If seven lads drop drop themselves or are dropped off a squad, it, it, it does create a bit of friction throughout the squad. And it, it probably, look, we'll have to wait and see how, how it goes for the first game and over the course of the year. But it's um, it doesn't shine too well on, on a squad when you see so many lads pulling away. If lads are mad to stay around, you'll, you'll see very, la- very little lads stepping away from a squad. And um, just from experience over the years, that's, that's sort of generally a case. Like, if if you feel success and 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 Evan is working well throughout the squad, you know you, you you'd be doing well to be pulling away and you, you'd be mad to have a chance and, and to feel that there's a chance to do well with it within the squad. So it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, look, it's great that the games are back. It's it's going to be mighty and everyone will be absolutely mad for the game to get going and and it, it, what a game to get going with. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to it and. It's um it, it's something that I think it will be a tough test for for Galway going down to Kerry first game, um you know hopefully with the likes of Damien Comer back from last year with, through injury um he, he'd be a big boost obviously to the Galway squad and to the team and he he'll drive things on as one of the leaders of the team and it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough task for for Galway for the first game but I'd um. It will be competitive, you know. Galway have been, you know, increasing. I think their average age of the squad has dropped dramatically over the last couple of years, and I think they're trying to bring the around the twenty teams through from the last couple of years, which is good to see. And the the thing about Galway is the pace across the squad, um, they're very fast. That they're probably gone away from the sort of natural footballer as such and gone for pace across the board, out from the defence, and and I, I think. When we seen last year, some of the games that did play, it, it actually came into effect quite well. So, look, if they can do that, and look, you don't know what type of team Kerry will have starting out. The, I see um, Clifford, I think, is missing the first game, I think, against Galway, is he? Um, so, you know, he's a big loss. Kerry have a lot of, you know, att- attack-minded players anyway, so they, they can slip someone in. Maybe not the same talent as David Clifford, but 
it'll be interesting to see how Kerry come out of the blocks and obviously that disappointment for last year. And Joe as well, um, with Galway winning the under-20 All-Ireland, do you think it's the perfect situation for poor Joyce to train some of these under-20s against the likes of Kerry and Dublin and Roscommon and see where these players are at for an inter-county level? Um, it's a tough one. Like The season we're in at the minute, we have very little time to actually look at players. You know, there's there's no pre-season, there's no challenge games. There'll be very few anyway. They might have maybe one or two games before the league starts, but I can't imagine it. Um, you'll have in-house games, obviously. But it, it, it will be very hard for a manager to try and blood these players in. Look, you're hoping that you'll have seen enough of them throughout a training session to throw them in there and you, you, can, you can use... You can be confident that they will perform. Um, you know they have been very successful over the last couple of years with the players that they ha- have had coming through. And look, I've always said if they're young enough, if they're good enough, they they're old enough. Doesn't matter how how old or young they are. You know if the players are there and they're performing at a at an age level at under twenty, which is senior level anyway, um, that they should be able to jump in and seamlessly come into a senior squad. And we'll we'll, we'll wait and see and see if that happens. And Paddy, from a Kerry's perspective, Peter Crowley uh, retiring is going to be a blow. So I suppose the big question in Kerry's supporters' eyes now would probably be who's going to fill in at centre-back now? Yeah, I suppose the, I suppose the fact that Peter Crowley is stepping down is kind of more, I suppose, relevant since there would be in a perception, obviously, after Kerry losing to Cork. One of the main reasons was they were kind of maybe more they were too preoccupied to being defensive or maybe felt they, you know, they were dropping too many back because maybe they felt they had issues defensively. So, you know, then based off that, then you're losing um, the player of the calibre of Peter Crowley. Like, so you're kind of going, you know, a carry going to revert to type and go with a bit more um, traditional formation. Obviously, you still might have wing forwards, tracking back, whatever, etc. But like, yeah, I, I don't think there's someone that stands out straight away as um, the incoming number six, like. You know, there's a few names mentioned, like, you know, you might have someone like a Jack Sherwood or someone like, but there's, you know, at the moment, you might bring um, Paul Murphy into number six, even though, you know, you might say he might have the um, stature for there as such, like, or he's better elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I suppose time will tell, but I suppose, I suppose the tricky situation, as Joe mentioned there, between this league compared to normal, you, you don't have that six games or plus seven games to, to, to find that new player to come through, like. You'd always hear about Dublin there, how this like someone like Niles Scully plays well and then the Burn Cup and keeps his place for the whole year. Like, do you not know, kind of whereas our team is going to be willing to try a new guy now when they only have a couple of games? Like, do you know, so I, I, as I said, I don't have the answer now who would be the incoming number six, but um, it'll be to see how what happens, you know. And as well, Paddy, a good point you raised there is this carry team last year, especially against Cork, have went defensively, but the thing is now. They should have a lot of players to welcome back that didn't even feature in that court game, the likes of Paul Ganey, Adrian Spillane, and maybe possibly James O'Donoghue. But I suppose with James O'Donoghue coming back in, a, a lot of people around the country will be wondering the fitness of James O'Donoghue because he hasn't played for Kerry in the last two years in Championship. Yeah, I suppose the issue with James, I think it seems to be hamstring injuries. Like So I suppose, yeah, it is, it's, it's getting a getting a string of games into him like, like he, he hasn't changed he's still a very talented player like so I suppose um, I think you might see him in the early stages of the league maybe not starting but playing maybe you know an impact sober coming on very late and you know and building up his match fitness that way because they might perceive it be too risky to consider his history to start him 
from the start, like, you know, particularly when there's been no games for the last couple of months, you know. But um yeah, carry more options more options attack attacking wise, like but so that'll be, you know, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see like will they you know, there's there's been question marks over like obviously Johnny Buckley gone from the management team, you know, there hasn't been a massive shake up in the in the backroom staff, you know, such like there was rumors Paul Galvin was gonna be involved, you know, and other people like so it'll just be interesting looking back at last year, like will they look to kind of will they see the cock result as a kind of a one of those days? And you know, and um, or will they, you know, take lessons from it and feel that they have to change the way they approach, um, for this year? Absolutely. Um, I suppose, lads, would we both would you both be looking there at a carry victory over goal in the opening round? Uh, I'll come to you. First. Yeah, I'd, uh, I, I, I think so. It, look, and and we're all pretty. Like we. We're also in the in the dark about how teams are going to perform. We haven't seen them in any sort of pre-season competitions or any pre pre-league games. So it's um it will be interesting. And I, I think the game the fact that it's down in Kerry does help, you know, the the home and away games I think will, will be a big advantage to teams this year. So um yeah, I, I'd imagine Kerry if, if they can just start off well, I'd imagine they'll they'll um just pick Galway in the first round, yeah. Would you be along the same lines, Paddy? Yeah, I think. Look, I think you have to fancy um, Kerry. Um, no, I don't know. Is, is you know, Joe, with the lack of crowds, I'm not sure. Is is the the home advantage as much as a an advantage? It might be in other years, like, but still, <clears throat> but still, like, I think that with the disappointment the carryovers from last year, I just think Kerry will be, you know, very determined to put down a marker. Like, you know, there's a new year. You know, we want to set a tone for the year. Like, you know, and. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose I'd fancy them to pull through. Even though you look back over the years and you say, if you're looking from a neutral point of view, you know, usually a Kerry Galway game of football would be, you know, there'd be ones that uh, would be an excellent game of football. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I don't think there might be a whole lot in it, but definitely, certainly, you have to fancy Kerry. Uh, the next game on Saturday, the 15th of May, is Tyrone versus Donegal at 5 pm, which will be live on TG Carrier. Um, Joe, as we were mentioning last week, there's a lot of excitement about this Tyrone team, but it's a big headache as well for the management of Brian Dewar and Fergal Logan when you consider all the good forwards Tyrone have in this squad and Colin McShane to welcome back now as well. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting because you know, in Mickey Hart's reign, a lot of them forwards that would have maybe had a bit of unrest with Mickey Hart, would have been left out, would have been brought in back in into the squad. You know, it might be their chance to get a run and, and say, look, you know, I deserve my chance when Mickey was here, but look, you can't knock Mickey for what he'd done over the years. He, he's, he had a fantastic career, but it will be interesting to see the type of style of football that Dewar would bring in um, to, to the team. And it's, uh, will, will they go as defensive as, as Mickey Hart would do and set up? Um, I don't think it's going to change a massive amount too quickly. Um, they'll obviously have to try and put their own stamp onto the team and and, and work out what's the best for their own football and, and for the squad. But it's it, it's a game I'm looking forward to. Obviously, Donegal, with, with their expectations from last year, knocked on the head by Cavan. Um, you know, they, they'll probably have sort of... They'll have to stand up and say, look, we, we weren't... We expect a lot more of ourselves from last year and hopefully hopefully come out Tyrone pretty strong. I think Tyrone, always a very good league team, always very well prepared. 
Um, I don't see it changing anytime soon. They're very professional in every game they go out in and, and, and are always well prepared and, and set up. And it's, um, I think, I just, for some for some reason, I think Donegal are going to have a hangover from last year's, you know, long drawn out season for them. It was, it, it just seemed like a longer season for Donegal than it was for other teams. Um, and they just seemed to tire the team. I know there were a couple of the younger lads coming through and, um, you like to see them pushing on and even McBride coming back from, you know, obviously serious injury. He never really got going as much as he would have liked last year. So, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll have a full preseason into him and he'll be ready to go. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how they come back and um, perform after last year's bit of a, a knock from, from the Ulster Championship. Yeah, you mentioned there that if he was a Tyrone forwards of maybe unfinished business in, in the Tyrone jersey, but do you think it's especially a huge season for the likes of Mark Bradley and Ron O'Neill? Because we've seen in some games they've just been outstanding and now is really their chance to make a break for Tyrone. Yeah, I think it shined up pretty big time last year when a lot of the club games were on telly and, and the performance of all the Tyrone forwards and and you see Reno O'Neill, like he was he was the player of the club championship, never mind, you know, before the in the county championship kicked off and he, he had a fantastic year. And you know, as you were saying with Colin McShane coming back, he's their focal point. I think they, they missed the focal point at full forward from last year. You know, he's he's a great target man and obviously with the Aussie rules targeting, you know, they could see what we he's been doing and and, and I think he could be a massive piece of the jigsaw to actually bring that Tyrone forward line together because I think an issue with some of them forwards, they're very individual. You know, they find it hard to maybe play together uh, because they're quite similar, the type of players that they are. Um, you know, quite small, fast, skillful players and, and and they like to sort of do a lot of work on their own. So I think McShane could come together, bring it together and sort of, you know, link all them boys up and, and sort of create a very good forward line for Tyrone going forward. You know, it's defensively, I know, I know they like to pack the defence, uh, Tyrone, but I don't think they have the defenders coming through that they would have liked to have over the, that they would have had over the last couple of years. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting. Will they pack the defence to sort of help out in in sort of where they're lacking in defence? Where I see it, um, I don't know, but it, we'll have to wait and see how they do set up against Donegal. But I don't think it's going to be as free flowing as maybe a, an Ulster Championship game between these two teams. I think they'll be very wary and they'll set up very tight to start off. And Donegal as well, Paddy, as Joe mentioned there, um, hugely disappointing coming up short to Kevin last year. Um, but they do have probably a fully fit Paddy McBrearty to welcome back. Oren McNeilish is back as well. And Oren McFaddy, McFadden Ferry is back from Guidor as well. So they're all definitely boosts to strengthen this Donegal team. Oh, definitely. And I, I, I think similar to Kerry, I think that... Um... I think that Donegal, like it's such a short turnaround the championship. Like I just think, well, again, they might be showing their full deck of cards regards tactics, but they'll be out to to, to get a win and and to remind Tyrone, like that, that you know that they, they are the best team, even though they mightn't be the reigning Ulster champions. And but I but I suppose it, it's going to be very close, you know. And I, I think in a lot of those games, Donegal Tyrone games the last number of years, I think there's been a big focus on maybe the the keepers. Do you remember one of the recent games, you know, where um, Sean Patton had a you know, standing game, you know, and the result that, that had a huge effect on the game. Like, so I just think that the result there will have a huge effect on whether which team can get a, 
an advantage maybe on the the opposition through their goalkeeper or whatever you know whether that's Donegal nullifying um, Neil Morgan or Tyrone nullifying Sean Patton like so so I think it's going to be close but because of the change of management Tyrone and Donegal being more settled plus their addition coming back of more uh, quality players I just I would favour Donegal like. Do you think it's vital as well now for for Donegal Paddy to keep Michael Murphy in the square? I suppose we did see him at stages in the square last year, but he was still kind of going out to midfield, picking up some breaking ball. Again, I suppose maybe even though Aldrin McNicholas is a different type of player to Michael Murphy, but still maybe him coming back will take the onus off of um, of having to have Michael out on the middle. Do you know, so when Michael's on the middle, he can be a bit of a creator as well, or say a playmaker on top of maybe winning kickouts and different things. Um, whereas Order McNicholas we wouldn't be necessarily winner of kickouts, but he'd be obviously he's a sweet left leg. So maybe if he's back on the team, they have a greater um uh, chance to put Murphy inside. Look, I suppose bottom line, you I would have Murphy closer to the goal. Obviously you can bring him out at stages, but it, I suppose it, why did they bring him out? They brought him out because they weren't they felt they weren't strong enough. And I suppose in stages of the game, and Joe, you'd know this, there's no point in stuck inside full forward and you're you're um you're under the caution the other half of the field and you can't get the, you know, so it's about possession too, like. So, um, so as I said, I'm all for putting Murphy near goal, like, but it's an ease most of the times and, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting how they, they deal with that this year. And as well then in uh, Division 2 um, on Saturday, 15th Mayo, in, uh, in Division 2 North, Mayo face uh, down in McHale Park. Um, obviously, a lot of retirements for Mayo, Joe, but it looks like um, Jason Doherty and Brendan Harrison are on their way back uh, from injury for Mayo. Yeah, um, it's funny, I've just seen um, Keith Higgins' name as Mayo hurling captain, so maybe maybe just didn't want to be involved with the football. I know he's meant to be a very good hurler, so it's it's interesting that he was named captain of the team. And um, Yeah, look, there's some of the main players and lads who have given a lot to Mayo over the last number of years and must be tough for them to retire after all the opportunities they've had to win all Ireland over the last couple of years, and they probably deserve one. So it was um, be tough stepping away after probably leaving a couple behind. And it's um, oh look, it, it gives Mayo a great opportunity to blood a lot of their younger players through. Um, they did do it last year, and you, you see, you did see that throughout the year. And um, I just Mayo, I I don't know, it's just they're an enigma. You you know when you think they're coming good. Next thing, they'll, they'll just fall to pieces and they'll, they'll be upset in, a, in a, an iconic semi-final against Roscommon or against Galway when they're expected to win it. And, and it's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's a hard one to put a finger on what, why, why they have sort of, that's, that's the team they've become. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's a strange one. And look, you don't like to see it. You like to see it best players being successful and going all the way and, and doing as well as they can and having their opportunities to, to be to, to win all Ireland's and it's um the only good thing about it for the Mayo team and the squad is a lot if them players have moved on it'll help that the younger players are coming through and sort of with a new new drive and new vision to to create their own sort of success story as well so it's um it's going to be interesting and hopefully there'll be a nice mix of Younger and some of the established players that are still around that will, will drive things on for Mayor and and help them be competitive again. Because I just think over the last couple of years they've sort of started to slip a wee bit. 
from from obviously where they were, and they, they were probably um, obviously restructuring their squad and, and bringing new players in, and um, they they obviously have to replace these players, and it's going to be very tough to replace some of these top class players that have left the squad, uh, Andy Moore and Keith Higgins and these boys, and uh, and it's uh, I think Tom Parsons is gone as well, and David Clark, you know, they, these these are top top quality players and would make any county team, so it's going to be hard to replace them, but. They have to do it and, and find the players that I think are in Mayo and is trying to get that the right mix of players together, to be honest. One big thing you mentioned there, David Clark stepping down from retirement. It looks like the goalkeeper now would probably be Rob Henley or Rory Byrne from Castlebury, but it probably does make Mayo a slight bit vulnerable having a new keeper for their first match in 2021. Yeah, and I look, I presume Rob Henley will be there. If he's not, he'll be pretty disappointed because he's been there for a number of years and he'd have the experience. But depends depends what way they want to go, the management team want to go, and um, they might change it up completely, you know. And um, I won't be too worried with Rob being there because obviously he has the experience. He's been in, in some of the big games and he's been there for a number of years. So I, I wouldn't be overly worried. Um, it, it's It's more... I think their midfield is their their issue. They've, they've struggled big time in midfield to get someone in place. And I know they, they throw Aidan O'Shea in there. They put him centre forward midfield. And Shane O'Shea, you know, since himself and Aidan were the, probably their best midfield partnership over the last couple of years. But since that, you know, they've struggled to actually nail down any main midfielder. They've been bringing lads in and out. And it's just, I think they need to get that focus point at midfield sorted out because... If you can do that, they can sort of link. They're obviously the newer and the forward, the forward line, which is quite strong. Um, if they can do that and create a platform, then going going on to their attacking side. Yeah, and with Down as well, um, it's a blow for them, Paddy, to lose uh, Brian Johnson this year. But there'll have to be some optimism for Down as well, as Danny was mentioning last week. Like the performance against Cavan in the first half was. Very impressive, but I suppose it's it's just really been inconsistency that has cost down in the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Like I think that, like down, for them to progress, to say to do better in championship, like then they need to be kind of getting kind of a a win against the likes of Mayo the next day. Like, because I just think that that adds to their belief. Like, because if you look back over the last number of years, we'd all agree like the down they've a lot of potential, they've a lot of pace, a lot of good tricky footballers. But they're still maybe like have put in good performances in the championship, but maybe still haven't got the right result. You know, so I think the stepping stone to that is right. The league obviously isn't is important as championship, but still it's getting a habit in there of winning those close games against you know potentially a stronger team. You know, so um, yeah, so I think that the, the, for them to come more consistent, I think it's it starts it starts in the league, like, and it, you know, no better challenge the next day against Mayo, like. So whereas like for Mayo. Even though there's been a lot of changes, I think they'll cope if they don't get a win or they lose one or two games or whatever. I don't think um, I don't think it'll be the end of the world. They still obviously want to win, but compared but compared to down, if down have a couple of poor results, then it's kind of more or less reinforcing that that belief maybe that there you know that there is that gap there between where they are now and where they'd like to get to, you know. So um, yeah, so it'll be um, I suppose I'll be curious to see like will down actually be able to push on and get a win against the likes of Mayo the next time and Paddy Talley was previously involved with Galway and 
did defeat um, Mayo when he was with Galway. I suppose he does know how to beat them, so you'd have to think that should help a small bit as well. I suppose, look, he's an in- one, I suppose he's an inside track to Mayo, having set up teams against him. I suppose I think his big team of Galway, from what we're aware, was kind of more of a, like, from a defensive mindset. Um, but the bottom line is it's a, he might believe it, but it's a different group of players. You know, so like, you know, at the end of the day, when he's involved with Galway, at that stage of Kevin Walsh's campaign, like they would have had a lot more success against stronger teams that done very well. You know, so to, I just think it's it's not exactly like for like. I think he, you know, so it gave him, in, it gave Tally insight, but at the same time, the challenge, I suppose, maybe is to, for his players to believe that they can um, get that improvement and, and actually get the win against Mayo. We'll just come back to you again, um, Paddy. Um, on Saturday, the 15th of May, Division 2 South, um, Cork play Kildare at half three, and the game will be live on Air Sport. Um, from a Cork perspective, where do you think they're at at the moment? And can you see many new players being introduced into the Cork side this year? Well, I suppose where they are at the moment, I suppose it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed situation like you know you're kind of coming out of last year's campaign you say if you were in a car camp delighted to be able to get the result um, against Kerry you know it was a win at all cost game but then at the same time hugely disappointing not being able to back that up with the, with the, the muster final loss the tip like so I think isn't it similar to the Cork we're trying to be more consistent you know and I suppose the, the challenge for them heading into this campaign is that I suppose on paper you know no matches won on paper but it's, it's perceived to be the, the easier group so there'll be a bit of an expectation that um, there's a great opportunity for Cork to to progress to the um, the league semi-final or final and potentially get back up to Division 1 where they kind of need to be um, regards younger players you know, there has been um, like in, in last week I think it was Killian O'Hanlon and um, Aidan Brown or the panellist um, had a cruciate injury so like I suppose with that in mind um, and I suppose that's maybe something that could affect all teams which we haven't even factored like the sole injuries but in Cork, certainly, with a couple of injuries, you would expect some young fellas are going to get an opportunity, but it's hard to predict which young fellas are going to get the chance because there has been no um, football for so many months. Do you not come in like whereas if you had kind of a just come off a club campaign or just you've seen players perform well in Sigerson Cup and different things, you kind of have a good gauge of who might get a starting spot. Like, but for now, I think there will be some changes, but we we, we won't be able to see what exactly they'll be until the until um there again is Blake Murphy a player um, we've seen him with Cork at under 20 level he was on the panel last year is he a player that you could see breaking onto the Cork team this year I suppose again I suppose you'd, you'd look at him as a player with potential but then again it's it's. but there's still a big jump um, from say under 20 up to senior level Like so I think that sometimes there can be too much expectation put on a player who's maybe done well at a younger age grade now again You'll see in all teams, you know, back to when even when I was playing, you did Malsh and Kiranshi and said, doing very well when they were 18, 19, 20 years of age. But that sometimes is the exception rather than the norm. So, like, the way I see it is Blake Murphy has potential. But, like, can I give you a definite answer that, you know, of where he's going to progress to? I think just look, it's a wait and see thing, you know. And, um, but again, he's certainly in the mix. And um, as I said, it'll be, you know, I suppose, like, likes to like to him if he does get an opportunity, whether it's
yeah, Paddy seems to be frozen there. But um, just over to you, Joe. You mentioned about Kildare maybe having a small bit of inconsistency in the past, and I suppose you wouldn't take in. You'd nearly forget to take into account that the Cribbins and the Mulocks and all these players stepped down. But I suppose a few years ago now. Kildare won an under-20 All-Ireland, so you have to expect that some of these players have to start coming through. Yeah, we, we, probably, we spoke about this before, and um, it's, it's the consistency over the years, you know, and it, it seems to be um, they get to a certain level and all of a sudden just they just fade away, and, and I don't know if the, it's the expectation or um, too expectation or not enough expectation from sort of their own fan base and supporters. But um, it's it's something that's going to have to be really looked at because that they're they're a county that should be competing and putting up to likes of Dublin in, in the Leinster Championship and and competing in and trying to get to Division One. Um, I know they've gone all out and got Jack O'Connor up and hopefully that he he he'd be able to find out how to try and get the best out of these Kildare footballers because some of the footballers that they have are some some incredibly talented footballers. Um, and it's just about getting everything right on the on the day and. Um, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game now between Cork. Um, let's see, obviously how both teams have come out of last year. And I know as Paulie was saying, you know, obviously beating Kerry, but then the disappointment of the Tipperary game, and it's it's who who's gonna come out the best from last year. I think um, it's I think I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I, I think Jack O'Connor. Literally, he couldn't have come into a new setup in a worse situation, you know, obviously with, with COVID-19 restrictions and for a new manager trying to gauge how good his players are. He probably wouldn't have known that many, obviously not being um, obviously involved with them. And it, it's, it, it must be a nightmare. Look, ho- hopefully he can, he can start seeing the best in his players and trying to get some sort of system in place. And um, Because I, th- I think even, especially with the Leinster Championship, Kildare are a team that need to be competitive and even for the likes of Meath you know playing Kildare it's always been a tight close game and um, you know, like last year we, we, we got a lot of goals against them and they just seem to be a bit softer than you know some of the other teams when it, when the going gets tough they, they just seem to disappear a wee bit um, and, and it's not a nice thing to have attached to your team you know a soft team it's 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 a tough thing to to be called and it's hard to take but you know I think I think that's what they've become over the last couple of years and um, they probably need to tighten up things a wee bit and, and maybe um, you know maybe expect more of themselves and and and, and dry things on and, and, and try and be a bit more competitive and I, they probably are they obviously are trying to do that but it just doesn't look like that from the outside it just looks like they've just become a bit, a bit soft when it comes to some of the tight tough games and no disrespect to Claire Leash in this group either, but you'd have to expect these two teams, really Cork and Kildare, will be looking at pushing on to the league semi-finals and getting promotion to Division 1. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, especially for Cork, you know, as Paddy has mentioned, and he'll probably even shine a bit more light. I think the structures in place that Cork have put in place over the last couple of years, I've seen them, you know, it, I, I know there's been... A bit of rustling the feathers down there over the last couple of years, but it looks like things are going the right way. And for Cork, obviously, to compete at the top level and the top table, that's what a lot of people w- would like to see. And um, you know, it's 
Paul Carey, Dublin, obviously these are the teams, Galway, Tyrone, obviously uh, they're the ones you want at the top and and, and obviously with, with all their expectations from Cork supporters, they'll be expecting to come out of this division at, at the top as well, you know, so it's, um, I, I, I'd, I'd expect Calera and Cork to be fighting out at the top, yeah. We'll just go back to the Division 1 games now on Sunday and um, before we look at the divisions later on, but Roscommon and Dublin um, in Hyde Park um, at quarter to two on Sunday, the 16th of May. I suppose in one way, Paddy, it's a massive task for Roscommon, but to get Dublin first game in the Hyde Park as well, they couldn't ask for much more if they, at the time to get Dublin during the league. Oh, circling, like I think like right now, it's, it's, this is great preparation for Roscommon um, for the championship, you know, it's that's where, where everyone says they, they they need to be in Division One to to progress. Like well, I suppose, but the bottom line is that you know they need to, with that like they they need to perform really well. Like because the last thing they want is to turn up on the you know on the first day against Dublin and um, put in a poor performance because that's the difference. Playing the likes of Dublin perform poorly, then you're guaranteed to lose by a big margin. Do you know, so it's kind of it's a tricky game. Like it's probably even again while it's only a league game. There's a, a lot at stake for the likes of Roscommon because again, like momentum is huge and you've a lot of games in close proximity. Like so, if, if they get a bad result, you know, then all of a sudden, what have you next come over the next couple of weeks? You've carrying Galway to follow. Do you know? So um, yeah, it was looking back over the last couple of years, you'd say playing Dublin in the early rounds of the league would have been ideal. But I suppose the difference this year is that, that would, other years you would have Dublin coming off a break, maybe back training late in January, coming back from a team holiday. Etc. and so on. Whereas now it's different. You know they're coming back off the COVID break, well refreshed. You know, as I said, you had the issue around the training, breaking the regulations regards COVID. You know, like they're similar. So do I expect Roscommon to get the results? No. You know, so again, I'd be more interested to see. You know how close Roscommon can get to Dublin, and how you know from there. Like, but I, I definitely see Dublin um, getting the two points in that game. Yeah, and the one thing with Roscommon, um, I suppose. You can see even last year against Mayo, they're the one county who really do miss their fans, I suppose, because they brought that bit of madness into the play. But like looking back to their semi-final last year against Mayo, they were so disappointing. They rarely kicked a ball inside in the square. And like there would be questions as well. The two Mertas were subs. I think it was only German was brought on. Connor Cox was rarely kicked the ball. So you'd hope from a Roscommon perspective to be competitive that they will be a bit more expensive. Possibly, but I suppose the one change, they have changed um, their backroom this year, like this, is Steve Porter is involved as a coach, like so I suppose he's, and he has his maybe history with um, Dublin, like where, you know, Carlo, I know they didn't get the win, like, but there would have been, um, you know, for Division 14 at that time, they put in a very uh, respectable performance against Dublin, probably put them to the, one of the better performances against Dublin of any team, apart from maybe Mayo. Um, so like, I suppose he'd bring he will bring possibly, you know, an edge to Roscommon, you know, and I suppose he, from, from seeing the work he did with likes of Carlo, they'd have been right to the defensive side, but also they'll be attacking side, like, so, um, yeah, look, they'll miss their supporters, like, but I suppose just thinking that factor, like, even just, isn't it like any management team, like, if you have a change or if you have a new coach, that can, that can, that can have a difference, like, so, um, yeah, but even that said, you know, 
I still fancy Dublin, you know, crowd or no crowd, you know, Dublin are the better team, like, so, um, yeah, that's the way it'll be. And with Dublin as well, Joe, I suppose everyone's fascinated to see who's going to be the next Dublin footballer to come through this year. Um, Paul Mannion um, has left the panel for this year. Could this be an opportunity, do you think, now for Cormac Costello to really stake his claim in the, this Dublin team? Yeah, he's probably been in and out of the squad and he's one of these players that hasn't been able to sort of lay down a marker and, and hold a position. He was brought in as a free-taker at one stage and next thing he was off the squad and he was uh, just more consistency more so from. So, um, look, obviously he's he's gained experience and it, it might be a year that Desi will, will throw him in there and give him a full run in the league and then see how things go. But... It's um. I look, they've talent everywhere, and they've, they've lads coming through. They've a very good under twenty squad of the All Ireland final to play. Um, young Archer. I don't know. If he's been brought into the squad yet. I think he is. Um, he's a fantastic footballer. Um, but you know, the the when you when you still look at who they have, you know, it's you know, Fenton will drive that squad and that team every game. He'll carry them on the back. Kieran Kilkenny will do the same. You know, and you you've Dean Rock. You know, and He's, uh, I would have been a bit of a critic of his, obviously, just from open play, more so from at the beginning of his career. But you, you've got to hand him to what he's done over the last couple of years, not alone from his free taking, but his goal scoring record is just shot up with some of the best records, you know, ever that for a goal scoring in, in championship football. And it's, um, he, he's, his scoring rate is incredible, you know, and with, with him, with Kenny, with, with uh, Fenton driving on from midfield. Looks and still there, you know, driving driving the team on. It's oh, it's it's going to be hard to see teams getting to them again. And I, I pity poor Ross Garman. I was only chatting to a relation there from Ross Garman yesterday. They're just that you have no hope. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just they're resigned to the fact that it's just going to be a bit of a whooping, and that's coming from Ross Garman people. So there's no expect expectation from Ross Garman people. The the only good thing about the Ross Common boys, well, not the only thing, but one thing that really stands them is I don't think they fear any teams, you know, and you can see that over the last couple of years in the Connacht Championship against Galway and Mayo, top teams that have beaten over the last number of years. Um, and I don't think they'll have any fear playing them. You know, they're, they're very sort of free, free spirited team. You know, they, they like to run at teams, you know, the, the players that can score from every angle um, and, on any day, you know, there's four or five game winners and match winners that can, can win a game for Roscommon. I think it's the confidence that they need to get up from, from last year. Um, they took a bit of a knock, obviously, and they need to just obviously regroup. And, and look, it's not an easy game having Dublin coming down to, to do that and, and get the confidence going. But look, it, it's all about mindset. If, if they can have the right mindset going into the game and try and catch, catch Dublin on the hop with, with sort of the negativity that Dublin have had over the last couple of weeks. And, um, it might help, you know, I, I'm, I'm just clutching the straws for Roscommon here, but I, I can't see anything but a, a Dublin win. And with McCauley retiring, there's questions being raised now that maybe it could be the Rahini duo in midfield of Brian Howard and Brian Fenton and moving James McCarthy back to wingback. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that... Brian Howard couldn't get into the team yet last year, you know. I know I know he had a couple of injury issues, but even when he was fit, he couldn't get started. So um which which is a wee bit funny, especially with Mannion stepping away. Like Mannion is probably 
top five forwards in the country at the minute. Um, and to step away from a team that's going for seven seven in a row, like you know, it's it's a it's it's a tough one, you know. So it's um it'd be interesting because there was word of a bit of unrest with some of them players. Um, obviously, you know, top players in the country want to be playing every game, and there's going to be words about this and that and why lads aren't playing. But it's um. It'd be if it'd be some midfield now if it was Fenton and Howard like McCarthy is usually there and he's just literally I know Colin Rock describes him as a, a Rolls Royce coupler and he just glides through games and um it it would probably be a lot more balanced for Dublin if McCarthy stepped in at six and, and Howard did go to midfield because he's a powerhouse as well and he'd take a lot of pressure off Fenton as well so it'd be um yeah look it it probably only strengthen Dublin again if that was the case. I'll just come back to you, um, Joe, again, because the next game we're looking at is um, Mead and Westmead in Division 2 North at 3.45pm, which is live on GA Go on Sunday the 16th of May. Um, can you see many new players coming through for Mead uh, in the opening game against Westmead? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I, don't, I don't see too many. I think they'll probably use the, the younger players that we had last year, like Shane Walsh, Jordan... Uh, Jack O'Connor um, and and even a club man of mine, Carl Hickey, who started to come on in a couple of the championship games. I'd imagine they'll see probably a lot more game time than they did last year. Um, and, and hopefully they will drive things on because we did have the likes of Jordan Morris last year, who, who was, you know, probably our player of the year. He scored a lot of goals. He, he played with a lot of freedom and abandonment and he, he just took things on and played with a lot of confidence and that's what we needed. Um, you know, Shane Walsh, you know, in Meath would be known as, you know, one of the, the top three fo- forwards. And I, I've been involved with him in the Meath 20s for the last couple of years. And he's, he's a fantastic footballer. Um, I think we probably need to get him based in one position. He was in and out, wing forward, full forward, midfield. You know, so for a young lad, it probably needs it. Just give him a one year settle him down give him a position that he's going to be set in and he knows that you know we were chatting about Paulie was chatting about Mike, Michael Murphy you know bring them in and out it's fine when you're you know an experienced player you can you can use that through the game but you know if you're a young lad and you're unsettled you're in and out you can't get settled into a game it, it, it probably he finds it tougher um, he might find it harder just to, to get his hands on the ball and you know find his own sort of part in the game that will, will sort of get him into it so um but you know it, there is a lot of positives for me it's with the players that are coming through we've done a lot of work over the last number of years and if we can see them lads coming through and another couple of the squad players that would have been there or thereabouts driving things on as well that's that's one thing I would like to see and I think Andy will be pushing that big time and it's um you, there's a couple of lads who've stepped away for sort of gone traveling or, or just stepped away from the squad um on the defensive side of things. So hopefully we'll be able to set, we, we have the squad there. It's about getting the right mixture of players and, and Andy's finding his best team because we probably changed around a couple of things last year, probably not having a settled enough team. We did have a couple of injuries, a couple of lads from the Rato team who, who actually, I think, come down with COVID. So, you know, that was a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a shake up for the, the defence, especially with Conor McGill, who, who's usually, a, you know, very solid for us at, at full back and, we, we, if we can get a full year, full, full strong year out of him, um, it will it will settle up the defence big time for us because I think probably last year we were a bit open from down the middle of the defence and if we can show that up, we'll um, it will help us obviously big time going into the championship then. 
And Westmead as well, Paddy. They steadily have been building progress. Um, obviously got Dublin in the first round of Leinster Championship last year, and it was just unfortunate for them coming up against the Dublin powerhouse. But like you look at their team, they do have some real quality in James Dolan, Ray Canell, and John Heslin. They do. Like I suppose I put them in a similar boat to to like sit down. Like you know, they mightn't have the same out no pace as down. Like but still from a kind of where they want to get to. You know, you always say Westmead like the. You know, they'll you're always gonna make a good team or they're gonna be hard to beat, you know, but still I suppose they'd be kind of saying, right, if we really want to try and close the gap at like so Dublin, we need to start beating um stronger teams like beating Mead, beating a Mayo, and you know, and that's that's increasing the belief. And then obviously then potentially that's getting them into division one and they're getting more exposed to that. Like, you know, so yeah, so look, look, again they're they're a team at the moment you'll say, like, you know, you'd always respect them but look they're a bit off the top you know but it'll be the next few weeks we'll um, be interested to see will they actually um, take a step forward like it's going to be challenging because I still you know while well I've acknowledged the likes of what themselves and Downey to do I still expect the stronger I still expect Mayo and Mead to come through the group like so you know you know, maybe I'll be proved wrong like, but it's a it's a tough ask for them but you know, that's what they have to do if they want to try and um, progress is get a couple of good results against the likes of Mayo Mead in the next few weeks. And as well, um, just the other game in Division 2 South, uh, Clare and Leash. Um, a blow for Clare to lose Gary Brennan this year, no doubt. And with Kerry in the first round of the Munster Championship, they'll really be looking at this game. And Leash will too, because it's a massive game for both teams to build a bit of momentum straight away. Yeah, I think, look, also, Gary Brennan's a massive loss, but also Gordon Kelly, a very experienced defender, stepped away as well and um, retired. So, like, they're huge roles to fill, like, and um, with that experience. And But, look, I think you have to resp- or acknowledge what, you know, I'm not trying to, like, say, Clare have been in the Division 2 now for a good number of years. Like, and again, you'd say very, a team that's been very hard to beat, you know, like, so, um, Colin Collins is still on board, like, so they'll be, like, they'll still have, you know, Obviously, they're not going to be the favourites to come out of Division Two, like, but they're, you know, they're going to have high ambitions now because they, you know, they've been there for a number of years and have got a lot of good results against some good teams, like, so um, they'll show no fear, and um, I'll see it, like, they'll see that, you know, against the likes of Leash, I suppose it's the case of both teams, we get the win on the board, you have momentum, and you know, who knows what will happen after that, you know, like, so I suppose just based on results previous, while it's going to be hard to, to, to get over the likes of the retirements, you know. You wouldn't back against them either if they got a couple of um, a couple of uh, positive results over the next few weeks. Absolutely. We'll just go back to actually Division One North. We forgot to look there at uh, Monaghan and Irma at three o'clock on Sunday, sixteenth of May, um, live in TG Car. But uh, big news emerging from Irma last week um, to lose Jamie Clark. How much of a blow do you think it's going to be, Joe? Yeah, look, Jamie. He's been a lad, he's been in and out of the squad over the last couple of years. He was away, I know, in America and he was brought back. But over the last couple of years, he seems to have probably settled in. Um, obviously, McGinney has maybe had a chat with him and, and realised how important he is to the team, the squad. And it's, um, yeah, it's a big loss and he's going to be hard to replace. And it's, um, he, he, he offers something to Armour that probably they don't have much of, you know, that naturally skilled forward at the minute. Um, you know, he, he reminds you a lot of, you know, Oshie McConville and Stephen McDonald, that type of a player that could score 1-5 or 1-6 in the game. And 
know, be that be that match winner and he would be a massive loss. But look, it creates opportunities for other players to step in and they have a lot of younger players and it's it's something that is is probably gonna be it's it's, it's probably gonna not be the the biggest thing that's gonna happen in, in his first game. I think Monon will would really put it up to him. Um I think they the the players that Monon have are probably a bit stronger than Amar's at the minute. I know Amar as a team collectively are actually getting quite strong, but I think the players that Monon have are probably on a, on a case by case basis are stronger than their Amar boys. So it, it's going to be interesting, um, and especially with Banty back with Monon, and um, what style of play he's going to bring to Monon, and and um, it's will it, will it go all out attack? I know I know he does like to attack, and he 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 says the defense will look after itself and. We had him with ourselves, and he, he does obviously like to give lads the freedom to play, and um, it'd be interesting to see how, how that pans out. And it's, um, it, it, I think it'd be a, a tight game. Um, you know, all the pressure once again on Conor McManus for for Monon to perform. If he doesn't really perform, Monon will usually sort of get beaten, or they won't be as successful as they can. So he's, you know, he. Probably about his fifth, nearly his twelfth, fifteenth year playing for Monon, and every year something as big is expected of him. So it's uh, it's probably about time some of the other players stepped up and give a hand around him and you know drive things on. And it's um, it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be an interesting game. You know they're going to get stuck into each other. There'll be a lot of sort of emotional stuff, obviously looking towards also also football and the also championship coming up as well. So it's uh, no none no, no, either team won't be lying down, and it's. Um, It'd be one to look forward to, I know. And with Monaghan as well, Donny Buckley coming in, Paddy. But when you're looking at this Monaghan team, you'd say it's now or never really for them because a lot of the players, I suppose, are around that late 30 age or coming to the end of their 20s. It is like, but I suppose for a team like that, with maybe a lot of miles in the road, I suppose maybe the, the you know, the COVID season, the shorter season, you know, maybe last year and this year, maybe that's. The, the, that's playing into their hands as such, like where they're maybe the you know they won't have as many games, whatever our fellas have had, a, maybe more of an extended rest over the winter period, like so that you know age won't be a factor, you know. But um, and also then again, the impact or the experience that Johnny Buckley will bring, you know, and obviously initially, I suppose from what he's achieved with other teams and so on, I think you know that'll bring a freshness and you know initially bring um, add a bit of belief or maybe might have even might have even. Um, decided for uncertain players that they'd actually would stay on maybe for another year, maybe some of the older, you know, the fact that Donny Buckley had come on board, you know, so like, I suppose he's, like Joe mentioned about Bantine attacking mindset, Donny's kind of renowned, you know, from his expertise around the defensive side of the game and, and tackling and so on, like, so it'll be, um, yeah, I suppose that's, I suppose like all these games, like it just brings another edge to it. And um, again, like it, it'll be, um, who do I expect to come out on board in it? I don't know if like many Ulster games would be very close, hard one to call, maybe Monaghan because they're at home. But like, um, yeah, so just interesting to see um, early days, what effect um, uh, Johnny Buckley has had on, on Monaghan so far. Yeah, you mentioned the defensive aspect there of Monaghan, but if it's a look at Aramak here and Donaghy coming in as well makes it interesting. But the thing about Aramak to go to the next level, you think they'll have to shore things up defensively because attacking wise, they have been able to take teams on, but they have been known to be a bit suspect, suspect at the back. 
they have like and I suppose but it's I suppose it's a kind of um you know it, it it's getting that balance right like and I suppose you know the game is evolving where you know we like we touched on maybe Kerry earlier in discussion about like right you need to be defensively solid but if you're you know if you're maybe just focusing on defense well then you know you still got to put the ball over the bar in the back of the net to win the game Do you know like so with like Sarah I suppose their key issue I suppose maybe is it are they just lacking you know one or two very experienced or just good enough quality like a good number six you know what I mean and um, you know so like maybe that's their you know irrespective of what system they set up but maybe is that their issue like they just don't have a, a good enough player to fill the gap at number six or to take charge of their defence like so um, but you wouldn't know like I know Kieran Donaghy you know I'm not sure what his specific role is there obviously he's there in some kind of coaching capacity or whatever but like well obviously he's known for playing as a full forward and attacking player like but you know he's a basketball background as well like so you you know you you you're not sure like he could have been an insight into all all parts of the game not just attack like but um yeah look i agree what you're saying like defense has been an issue like but i'm not sure whether they'll be able to get that sorted for the coming season we'll just now take a look at the division three and four games uh on saturday the 15th of may there's two games in division three north and um, the first game up is longford and Derry at five o'clock um joe longford to look back to before the COVID break last year and they looked like they were going really well and pushing for promotion in Division 3 um, and they will look to push on but you'd have to think with Derry now like it's it's time for them to get out of Division 3 as well. Yeah um, and they're probably two teams who have high expectations and they're going in the right direction um, and obviously this, this is probably the Whoever wins this game will probably see themselves getting promoted and, and coming out of Division Three. And um, look, it, it's going to be tight. I just think Derry have a bit too much for them overall. You know, Longford probably they've obviously some quality footballers, but I think with obviously Mickey Quinn and and, and a few of the lads like that, and it's it's more. I think Derry have a, a better overall team. Um, I think they're they're probably just a bit set better set better set up. Um, as a squad and, and and their own game plan as well. So um, I'd imagine Derry will just sneak this one. Yeah, the other game um, in Division 3 North as well, Joe, Fermanagh versus Cavan. Um, a great year for Cavan last year. Fermanagh will probably admit it was a terrible year for them just with everything that happened with the COVID and having to go down to Clare and play the game as well. So I suppose in one way, it makes it fascinating for Fermanagh getting to welcome the Ulster champions on a Saturday evening in their own backyard. It'll, it'll give them a huge bit of motivation going into this game as well. Yeah, it will, but I, I, to be honest, I, I don't think they're going to have anything to be able to match Cavan. I think they're just they're struggling big time to, to bring players through from, from their underage setup, and, and they have very little coming through. and probably see that over the last couple of years that they're, they're just really relying on some of their older players and um I think with Cavan's confidence from last year um bring it through and I think I think they're Mickey Graham would probably expect a lot more again this year and and to progress and and move things on and, and get to back to division two and I think they need to be at least in division two to be competing um again in the Ulster championship and and I'd say Mickey Mickey won't be happy with last year. He'd be he'd be driving the team on and saying look lads got to progress and improve again so um, I don't think Cavan will be hanging around waiting for Fermanagh I think they'll 
pick a day and get the job done and, and, and be done. Then uh, the two games in Division 3 South. The first game up was Limerick uh, versus Tipperary at 3 o'clock uh, on Saturday, the 15th of May. Um, the thing that makes this fascinating, I suppose, is Limerick did have the chance last year to take it to penalties and Tipperary got out of jail and won by a point. So you'd have to think Limerick are going to be looking for revenge here, buddy. I suppose, yeah, I suppose to a certain degree, yeah, looking back, there'll be kind of a bit of a what if, like, you know, particularly, you know, when they saw Tipperary progressing then to actually win the Munster Championship, you know, so, yeah, so I suppose, look, Limerick, you know, they've spent a couple of years in Division 4, you know, they finally got out of it, so then it's a case of, like, let's drive on, like, and they'll take belief from that, even though they didn't win the tip game last year, they'll still take a bit of belief from that, and also, obviously, um, Limerick had beat Tipperary the year before in Championship as well, you know, so... Yeah, I just think it's, you know, tape will be favourites, you know. Um, but look, I just think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big game. You know, tape will be looking to put on a marker and, and, and you know, kind of build on last year and try to be contenders for the Munster Championship again this year. Like, Limerick will be kind of there to say, like, this, you know, that last year's, like, the, the performances they put in in Championship over the last couple of years, like, that they're not, you know, that that's, that's a sign of where they are and that they can actually get better. So, yeah, so look, and... Um, It'll be to see will there be a few additions to the Limerick squad or the Limerick team, you know, based on you know the fact that they've made progress over the last couple of seasons. Like so, yeah, it's a, it's a game. Obviously, I know the two teams fairly well. Like so, it's a yeah, a game. I look forward to see how it goes on, how it gets on. But it'll be very close. And then the other game is on Sunday, um, Wicklow versus Offaly in Ockham at two o'clock. You'd expect Offaly to get the job done, but I suppose going from previous games, Ockham is no easy place to go. No easy place, but and obviously that like, Wicklow will believe they can win. But then just without that, and not, like the, without the crowd factor, now they might never be in a massive crowd for a Division Four game as such. Like, but still, um, it still has a part to play. Like, and but then again, you, you Wicklow coming up again out of Division Four from being down there for a number of years. Like, so it's kind of a how would I say like kind of a release from that. Like, and, and um, I don't see a whole lot in that game. I, I but I see two two of those teams themselves. Well, they know that. They'll see because of the way they're in the perceived easier side. Here's a chance to um, definitely a great opportunity to, um, to possibly progress to the later stages or the semi final of the league. And who knows after that? You know, they just see, you know, whereas if they were, if Wicklow Offaly maybe were on the other side of the group or the North group, then potentially then they, you know, they would have had a, on paper, a lot harder challenge. Yeah, then there's the Division 4 games. Uh, Joe, the first game up is on Saturday, 15th May at 3 o'clock. Loud play Antrim. And it's probably one of the most fascinating encounters because it's Mickey Hart versus Enda McGinley. Yeah, it's it's strange to think Mickey Hart has gone managing any other team after all his years in Toronto. But yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I'm sure there'll be a lot of emotion on the day and Evan as well, obviously with Enda being with Antrim. So... Look, I, I'd imagine um, Mickey would like to get off to a winning start and um, I think they will. I think Larry would put a lot of work in on their underage structure over the last couple of years as well. Um, and I think that's that's how you can see the determination and drive um, to bring Mickey in. You can see that hopefully it'll take him to the next level to start competing back to um, where they feel they should be and it's probably up to Division 2 football and, and, and back to back to that type of football and um, I think they're out of like Division Four is is a bit of a kick in the teeth to them, um, and and probably over the last couple of years, 
probably five, six years ago. That was probably where the damage was done. So, um, look, they seem to have really got their act together and, and, and pushing things on. And I, I can probably see them just taking this one by a couple of points. Yeah, the other game then is at three o'clock um, on Sunday, 16th of May. Sligo versus Leitrim. Um, and Tony McEntee, of course, over Sligo, and he's welcoming Niall Murphy back. Um, and you'd expect from the things we've heard so far in Sligo that it should be comfortable enough against Leitrim for them. Yeah, look, it's a, a local derby as such, and we get stuck into each other, and Leitrim won't be sort of allowing them just to walk all over them. But yeah, I, I think Sligo will just have too much firepower for them, to be honest. And it's um, probably probably not going to be a pretty game, but it's um, it's one that's to get in and get out and um, hopefully get two points. Yeah, just the final game we'll look at then, Paulie. Um, Carlo play Waterford on Saturday, the 15th of May. And it's a massive game for both of these sides, I suppose, because if you win one of these games, um, you're basically already in the semi-final with three teams only being in the group. Yeah, like, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, you see the likes of Waterford with um, Shane Renan as a new manager and, you know, someone who's had a... A lot of um, success, maybe in the, in the ladies' game as such, you know. So it'll be, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. And it's, but it's a great opportunity, yeah. Like, and it's, again, it's about, you know, that whole thing of of getting your first win. And even that was the case, even your even back in your full Division Four schedule, you know, that if you, you know, that first game in February, if you got your first win, it just had a huge, it could create a huge impetus then for the rest of the league and for the, for two of these teams, you know, yeah. Like, it, there's there's an added incentive because of the fact that only three teams. It's look. It's a, it's a hard game to call because as I said there's no form like but yeah I suppose um yeah yeah which is like like most of these games you're kind of just there's a curiosity or intrigue about it and you're kind of going to, you know I wonder how it'll get on and um or how it'll set up or and so on like but yeah it'll be um a great boost for either team whoever comes out on on, on the first day absolutely some some great games to look forward to and. I think like all Gaelic football fans, we're all looking very forward to the Allianz Gaelic Football Leagues. But um, thanks a million for your time, lads.